Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living.
My name is Sharon Lewis, and I am the platform assistant for today. I'll be sharing the announcements and the upcoming events with you. We're so happy you're here today. If you're here for the first time, we ask that you pick up a welcome packet from the usher. Raise your hand when you leave. <laughs> Please join us after service in the social hall to enjoy tasty treats provided by our fabulous hospitality team. You know, they do a good job. Yes, they yes. really do. The food is delicious. <laughs> I was accustomed to, when I would go to churches, uh, hospitality area time, you know, it would be store, it would be store bought stuff. Yes. This is not store bought no. stuff. It's really good. Homemade, right? Yes. Remember, our nursery is now open. Donna and Sharon are ready to, and waiting to greet your little ones, preschool ages, five years old and under. Join us this Wednesday for our second annual gong meditation with Christopher Davis from Sacred Gong Immersions. I've been going to Christopher Davis's uh, gong immersion sessions for the last 10 years, and they are outstanding. I've gone to some others, but Christopher is number one. Yeah. This meditation will only be in person, and it's a $20 suggested love offering. You're in for a treat. Reverend Kelly will be teaching prosperity beginning Tuesday, September 5th through October 24th from 6.30 to 8.30. This is an eight-week study class, but it's done. The book you're using is Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. Can't get any better than that. So you can purchase the book on Amazon.com or at unity.org. And if you want to sign up for the course, it's Senior Minister at UnityFH.com. Join us Wednesday, September 13th at 7 o'clock for the, oh, I should have put the number. I don't know what year this is for the World Day of Prayer. I'll tell you on Wednesday, September 13th. <laughs> uh, Unity has been doing World Day of Prayer before there was a national World Day of Prayer. So we have been doing this for many, many years. This year, the topic is Heart of Healing, and it will be presented by the uh, Unity of Farmington Hills Prayer Chaplains. It will be on YouTube, and it will be in person, but to really get the feel, you need to be here. You need to be here. We've been working for the past month on what we will do and how we will present it to you, so we hope to see you all. The following groups and activities will resume on the following dates in September. The Veterans Peer Support Group, Sunday, September 3rd at, at noon. The Women's Group, Sunday, September 10th at 1145. Critical Conversations on Zoom, Monday, September 11th at 7. The Men's Group, Saturday, September 16th at 10. And the Ukulele Group, Sunday, September 17th at 11.30. 11.15, okay. Uh, have you been looking for a pet? Bring the family, bring those little kids that's been bugging you for a pet. Bring them on Saturday, September 16th from 11 to 2 for Adopt-A-Pet. 
and a family fun day. Come prepared to enjoy family fun and maybe adopt a pet. At least hug one. At least hug one. I had a dog when I was a kid. His name was Friday because we bought him on Friday. That was so cute. <laughs> uh, today, Sue Resnick will be our prayer chaplain, and she'll be available in the back near the patio doors. Please exit the sanctuary immediately after service so that Sue will have a sacred space for which to uh, greet those who would like prayer. If you would like to see the, receive a monthly prayer call from a prayer chaplain, please add your name to the wellness call list located on the podium outside the sanctuary. You may also pray, place your prayer request in the prayer box located on the table. We also have uh, an email address, prayerchaplains at unityfh.com, or there is a prayer request telephone number, 248-702-0010. Now, that was a lot. That was a whole lot. So check out our Facebook page or read our newsletter that's mailed to you every Friday to keep up with all of our events. And now the music team will say, sing Surely the Presence, one of my favorite songs. Thank you. to have you back, Nicholas. And we like Will, but we not like having our real music director. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and do the reading of the daily word. So I invite you, if you'd like to, to gently close your eyes and just take a deep breath to receive this message, this word, this affirmation, and this scripture. Sunday, August 20th, 2023, Understanding. Today we affirm, un with understanding, my spirit is always cool. And our message reads, one of the best ways to remain calm in any agitating circumstance is to practice understanding. Seeking to understand gives me information and insight and eases my reactivity. It keeps my emotional thermostat dialed down if I am tempted to lose my cool. Perhaps poet Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling was referring to understanding in his poem, If, when he wrote the importance of keeping your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. Properly mastered, my power of understanding gives me the strength and presence of mind to be a beacon 
in times of trouble or crisis. Whatever this day may bring, I will carry the light of understanding with me. I am cool in spirit. I am understanding. Our Bible verse for today comes from Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27. One who is cool in spirit has understanding. Let us pray. So with our eyes still gently closed, let us take a deep cleansing breath. Let us bring our attention down in the center of our chest, which we call our heart center. Tune into a deep feeling of love and peace. Knowing that you are tuning into the higher expression of your very being. You're tuning into the God within, that one power, that one presence, that one activity that is the only activity active in your life and in all of the universe. And as we quiet ourselves down to tune into this, this beautiful presence of God, this energy that lives and moves and has its being in us, as we live and move and have our being in it. Let our hearts experience a deep sense of reverence and humility, of thankfulness and gratitude for the ability to breathe yet once again, the opportunity to be the expression of God one more day the opportunity to will move into our freedom of choice as we take our will and transform it into the will of God. The opportunity to open ourselves up to experience God on a deeper level. To surrender everything that concerns us, every person, every circumstance into the mind of God. to know that in this very moment, in every moment, wherever we are, God is right there and all is well. And God, as we acknowledge these things with all of our heart, mind, and soul, we trust you to perfect everything that concerns us, everything that is on our minds. We surrender it. We open ourselves up. And we ready ourselves to hear, experience, learn, and understand your word and your message. And let's just sit in a space just for a little bit of being. Just allow and be. Be peace. Be still. Breathe in a feeling of love. 
and exhale a feeling of love. Knowing that every moment that we be still we open ourselves up to be and know the presence of God. Thank you, God, for your powerful love that loves us no matter what, that teaches us to love ourselves and others no matter what as we learn more about who and what you are, that presence of love. We lift this prayer in our hearts to an elevated consciousness in the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. I missed that. And now let us go ahead and affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Well, if you believe it, let's say it two more times. I am an individualized expression of God. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our U of H growth affirmation um, with this power in our hearts that it is working. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuaries, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you. Look for the people who will set your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done. Look for the good in everyone.
another Carl original. Was that yours? No. It's a, oh, this sounds like it would have been. Jason Moraz. All right. Well, it got him going because Carl was getting it. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! I love that song. <laughs> Look for the good. I love that. <clears throat> What'd you say? Oh, yeah. Carl, I mean, uh, Howard was practicing. So we got some things together for some new stuff for y'all. <laughs> That adds to the experience, though, doesn't it, too? It adds to the experience of Sunday service. Oh, they said, thank you, Howard. <laughs> At least it's not a, a um, husband on a leash with a bride. <laughs> Happy anniversary, husband on a leash with a bride. Okay. <laughs> He does that to make y'all laugh. <laughs> That's what I, I wasn't saying that for him to do it. But if he has it up there, I should have realized he would do it. <laughs> That's funny. See what kind of love we have. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. So... We were created for two major reasons. And I've been sitting with God really deeply working with those two major reasons that come to me. I'll say for me, there's two major reasons. And the first one is in Genesis chapter, 26, uh, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 26. It says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And the second comes from... Jesus' commandment to us to love one another as he has loved us. So we're created to create, and we're created to express, express expressions of love, to be the expression of love in this world, no matter what. No excuses, they made me, they did that. No, no. We're created to literally, literally create as many expressions of love as we can, as many connections that demonstrate our oneness as we can. And that's powerful. And the most beautiful gift that we've been given, the most powerful gift that I feel that we've been given is the choice to do so or not. We're created to do it. That's our purpose, to be here, to create and to create in the expression of love. But we've been given the power to do so or not. If we hadn't been given that power, if we hadn't been given free will, then we wouldn't truly be expressions, unilateralists, individual, uni, uh, huh? unilaterally. We wouldn't have our own expression of God. We wouldn't be able to truly say that we have a relationship with God. We'd just be like nature, demonstrating what is instinctive inside of us. There's a difference between in instinct and what comes from that inner world. Do you get that? What I love in the Bible, in the beginning of the New Testament, which the New Testament represents a new covenant. A new covenant is a, a, a relationship. It's a, a demonstration. It's our agreement with God. It's an agreement with God from the heart. 
where the old agreement with God was the agreement with God out of obligation. So in the Old Testament, we obey the law so that we're not punished by God and by the law. In the New Testament, we follow and live in the law that we may be blessed and express the blessings of the law, which is God. God is the law. This is the deepest part of it. You cannot be punished by God. You can't. You cannot be punished by God. God is law. And when you live in law, you have consequences. When you live in law, the consequences bless you. When you live outside of law, which is what we're created to be, to create in an expression of love, the consequences of that feel like a punishment because they're transgressing who we are. In the Gospels, Jesus demonstrates this. And it's beautiful that we have four expressions of that because it demonstrates our free will. Four different interpretations of how to be the expression of God. Four different expressions of Jesus and the way they, people studied Jesus and learned about Jesus and they were able to write it out in their own words and their own expression of God. And we have studied three of those expressions, three of those interpretations by three people who wrote the gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we know that Matthew was a disciple of Jesus. He was a direct eyewitness disciple of Jesus who was a tax collector using his occupation to go against the people who he was, grew up in, to go against the expression of love and oneness. Jesus said, come follow me. And he followed. And the interpretation we get it's from a disciple who heard about the story of Matthew and what Matthew wrote out and decided to write it out himself. And then we go into Mark, whose name was John Mark, who was a disciple of Peter. He was a disciple of Paul, but out of Peter is where these writings come from. Peter was a direct eyewitness disciple of Jesus. Matthew represents our freedom of will. So beautiful that it's the first, by the first gospel because it opens up with what is the greatest gift we have. It's the gift to choose. Mark moves into, John Mark moves into the expression of love and choice. The zeal. And then we have Luke, which moves into our expression of the healing power within us. If you just look at these on a spiritual level. And now we're going to go to, we're going to talk about John. So the title of my talk today is the gospel, the men who wrote the gospels, John. And there's several things about John that I learned and I may share them. I'm just allowing God to follow me today. I mean, to guide me today. But one of the things that we know about John, and Charles Fillmore writes it too, because John is one of our powers. John represents our power, our physical power of love. I'm listening. And it's deep because you never deeply learn the truth about love. Like it's 
it's one of those things that you go deeper and deeper and deeper into. It's like a rabbit hole. Because when you look at John at first, in Mark, John is described as um, the sons of thunder, he and his brother, James and John. He was younger. He was one of the younger, he was the youngest disciple. And they're called the sons of thunder. But really, Boanerges means, which is the word, the Greek word that's used for that, really that word means rage. So that's why they're called the sons of thunder, because of this rage. When you look at Mark chapter 9, is it in Mark? Yep, Mark chapter 1, rather, verse 19 through 20. Jesus is talking about going over into Samaria. But because he's on his way to Jerusalem, when he sends people, sends his uh, disciples over to tell them that he's coming and help to, you know, prepare a place for him, you know, to, to stay, they reject him and they don't welcome him in there. And so, so John, uh, Peter, James and John say, well, Lord, how about we call down fire upon that village and burn them all up? That doesn't sound like love to me. Does that sound like love to you? I'm just that. Well, some of y'all may sound like love. I don't know. Y'all not answering me. No. Thank you. <laughs> Do I have to ask that question again? <laughs> what this demonstrates to me is that it takes a love is a process of maturity. We mature into a feeling of love because when it's not tampered with faith, you're stuck. You won't extend. You won't be transparent. When it's not tapered with wisdom, you give too much and you overextend yourself. When you have a balance of it, and wisdom represents John's son, a brother, James, then when you have a balance of the two, then you walk, um, you walk evenly in the expression of love that you are. One of the things that also we hear about John, which is so similar to Mark and Matthew and Luke, is that John also was rich. He had a family. His house, his father had a fishing business. And we can tell that it was a lucrative business, a prosperous business, because when Jesus calls James and John, it says that he leaves and when you read it in Mark, it says they, they both leave their father behind with his workers, his hired workers. So he, they left behind money as well. But his mother, Salome, when you read in the Gospels, when you read in the Scriptures, was always there helping. She was always there during predominant times. And it also says that, she, that they helped financially to support Jesus' ministry. Now, these are some things about, G, the, about John that you may not have known. Something else you may not have known is that it is a theory that James and John's mother was the stepmother of Mary, Jesus' mother. And so that they may, they may have been his cousin. And you see that when you're reading about um, Mary sitting standing at the foot of Jesus' cross, and it says his sister is, her sister is there too. And then in another version of it where it says her sister, it, it, it says Salome 
in there. So when you connect, when, when historians connect that, scholars connect that, they say that they may have been cousins. So now we got Barnabas was Jesus' cousin. John and James may have been Jesus' cousin, the sons of thunder. Moving in a process of living with Christ's consciousness to move into a deeper level of understanding, a deeper level of your own expression of God. And it would make sense that they'd be close. They were called bosom buddies. That's an interesting name, bosom buddies. Back in Jewish time in the first century, they used to, they used to lounge when they ate together. And so their backs would be towards each other. So when one would lean to talk to the other, they would lean into the other person's bosom. And so John and James sat together, and John would, I mean, Jesus and John would lean into Jesus and talk to him. So he was leaning into his bosom. So they were called, they, that's where bosom buddies come from. Isn't that deep? Did you know that? Like these theories, these ideas, this, looking at the way that they grew up, looking at the way the history was. And it gives you understanding on why this Bible was written the way it was written. When you look into what was going on back at that time, what was going on in Jewish tradition, Jewish culture. But what I want to talk about, as I move into all these, let's make sure I covered everything. The other thing, there's two more things that I want to say about John and his, his gospel. He was very heavily influenced by the Greek culture and the Greek tradition. You can see it in how he opens up. I love the beginning of John. In the King James, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the New Living Translation, which I have here, it says, In the beginning, the Word already exist, existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. It goes on in verse 2, it says, He existed in the beginning with God. In verse 3, God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. And in verse 4, The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light into, to everyone. This is how John introduces us to Jesus, because Jesus is the word in here. He's using the word to represent Jesus. Now, in the Greek, the word is logos, which is the power and demonstration of God. When God said, let there be, there was this said. So what God said was words that said, let there be. There's power in our words. That's the logos. Jesus was a walking demonstration of the power of God's word. The other thing that John says that's different than the other ones is in the other demonstrations of Jesus, in the other uh, stories about Jesus, they talk about, they give examples and stories about how Jesus' life was an expression of the Messiah or an expression of the perfect servant or the perfect man. But John said, and, in, and in, in their versions, John says, I mean, Jesus says, follow me, and they follow. But John says even deeper, follow me, believe in me. John believed that Jesus was God. Like, seriously. As a matter of fact, when you read why he wrote this in the first place, 
In John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, it says the purpose of this book is the title of this. It says the disciples saw Jesus doing many other miraculous signs in addition to the others, the ones recorded in this book. Verse 31, but this, but these were written, were are written, so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. That's the part I want to talk about. Having life by the power of his name, and also how John believed so deeply that Jesus was the Son of God. Now, in, in the Bible, it says several times that John was the beloved, son, uh, the beloved disciple of Jesus. They were really close friends. Can you imagine being a close friend to someone who you think is God? Now, you see the miracles. You see and you listen to his stories, his parables. You see his teachings in action in him. But even in the vulnerable moments where he's nervous and scared, he tells them when he's going into Gar Garden of Gethsemane, he has John, James, and Peter with him. He tells them, my soul is tormented to death. This is the Son of God in John's eyes, in human form, because later on in the beginning of John, he says that the Word became flesh. And he believes that that is his best friend. When you read in the Old Testament, you see that Abraham is a friend of God too, and that David is called the beloved of God. But Jesus walked with John, flesh and blood walking with John and the other disciples, and John truly believed that this was God. Put yourselves in that space. Like Sit yourself, just bring yourself in all the miracles. John and James and Peter were there at every single miracle. The rest of the disciples weren't there, but every single miracle, John, James, and Peter were there. Have you been around someone who you really felt was a demonstration of love? Someone who touched you so deeply that you really believed them, their words? because you trusted him that deeply. Jesus transformed John to where John ended up writing four more books in the Bible. He wrote the epistles that were letters written. Epistle means letter. Letters written by him, three of those. And then he wrote Revelations while he's at Patmos. He's in jail. This was an island that was pr prosperous at first, and then it became desolate. So they took prisoners and put them on there working in mines, and he's on that island writing revelations, getting a premonition about Jesus after Jesus has passed away. So this is written after Jesus' death. And he believes that this is the man I walked with who was the Son of God. Let's go deeper than that. You see this man you walk with, doing all of these miracles, healing these people, demonstrating this absolute love, saying that you can do these things too. Greater things than these you will do. 
You've walked with this person for three years. You've loved this person. You saw this person dying on the cross. This guy, this man, gave his mother into your hands to take care of after he dies. Over his brothers. Because he had, Jesus had a premonition his brother would die. James would die. Take this in your heart seriously. And then want it to be the demonstration of that. That's deep business to me. Now look in your life. Does your life represent the expression where you hold Jesus in your heart as your best friend? Or even for anything that you believe at all. That the life that Jesus was here to show and demonstrate, being the expression of the creation and the creator in love, are we doing the same thing? Like for real. I, I was listening to this story. There's three forms of love that are shown in the Bible. And one of them is uh, Eros love. And that's a love that's romantic, you know. Isn't it romantic? You know, you get all lovey and cuddly. <laughs> You are lovey and cozy. And then after the honeymoon is over, they get on your nerves. <laughs> but that feeling that you have when you're walking in the roses, the hearts are coming from you, that's the arrow's love. It can be short-lived, really. <laughs> what roots you into it is when you move into the deeper, another level of it, which is agape love. Agape love is acceptance and total acceptance of love. Receiving everyone exactly how they are. I saw we, Howard and I went a couple years ago to this little concert. Um, I don't remember where. It wasn't in Hart Plaza. But it was over, kind of, I don't remember where it was. And it was this little boy with his parents. And he was going around talking. To, he was like maybe two years old. And don't you remember those days? Well, you probably don't remember those days. Not a care in the world. But you remember your kids having those days. Not a care in the world. And, he, and it was time to go bye-bye. He said, go bye-bye? He said, yes. He went and hugged everybody in the area. And hugged you. And hugged the person. And hugged someone else. And then he hugged someone. And he saw, oh, he missed someone. So he'd go back over and hug that person. And bye-bye, bye-bye. He hugged everybody in the whole area. And it was funny because if someone saw him come and hug, they'd turn and hug him too. Because they wanted that innocent love and innocent hug. Everybody was ready to, and then like, where would he hug me? And his, his mom, wait a minute, and he'd go back and hug the other person. Just a mat, that's agape love. He just universally hugged everybody just for the sake of loving and hugging them. Just demonstrating love. And it felt good to him to see the smiles and the hearts. And some people, this one grumpy man, we didn't know if he was going to go. He went over to the guy, and the guy looked down at him, and he melted and hugged the little boy. And that was the last one, little boy. Bye-bye, holding his mom's hand. Bye-bye. <laughs> that love, when you see that love, when you look at a baby, and you see the baby, just the baby, that love comes up. It's that agape love. You just accept that baby. But no matter what, when you brought your child home and you looked at your child, nothing they could do can stop you from loving them. That's agape love. But the love that John and Jesus had was filial's love, filial love rather. That's the love of friendship. That's what keeps marriages together. Because you, 
you go into a deep understanding of each other. You move into a space of being vulnerable and transparent with each other. You accept each other's faults, accept each other, but you want to learn and understand each other and grow together. That's what makes the uh, Eros marriage, the romantic love, move into a deeper expression of a, a foundation love. I was, I was reading about this, and I've shared this with you guys before, and this is something that I want to be. The story of forgiveness. We said John Mark demonstrated forgiveness and servitude. We said his, his life demonstrated that. This lady in South Africa, and I've said this to you guys before, there's a scene, there's a courtroom trial in South Africa where this lady, she's 70, she's a, is a, a black, older black lady who has been traumatized and terrorized by this uh, police security, uh, this police officer, security police officers. His name was Mr. Van der Bo uh, Broek. He and his colleagues invade this home, kidnap a son from the, there was the mother and, the, and husband and the son, kidnap the son, take him, shoot him point blank, burn his body, and then have a party while the body's burning. Two years later, they come in, back to the house, kidnap the husband, and take the husband. She doesn't know what's happened with her husband for several months. Two years later, it says that they come and pick her up. They take her to this beach where her husband is bound and beaten but still strong in spirit, lying on a pile of wood. The last words heard from his lips as the officers pour gasoline over his body and set him aflame are, Father, forgive them. Now she's standing in this courtroom years later and listens to the confessions of this officer and a member of the South Africa Truth and Reconciliation Commission turns to her and says, so what do you want? How should justice be done to this man who has so brutally destroyed your family? She says, I want three things. I want first to be taken to the place where my husband's body was burned so that I can get gather up the dust and give his remains a, a, a decent burial. Then she pauses and she continues and says, my husband and my son were my only family. She said, I want secondly for Mr. Van der Burick, Broek to become my son. Can you imagine what people were thinking in the courtroom? She asked that this guy who brutalized, killed, and tortured her family to become her son. She says, I would like him to come twice a month to the ghetto and spend a day with me so that I can pour out on him whatever love I still have remaining in me. This part, this last part really gets me. She says, and finally, 
I want a third thing. This is also the wish of my husband. See, she had a relationship where she had a friendship kind of love with her husband, where she didn't just love him romantically. She knew him, understood him, and knew what he would want for her to represent him in court. She says, would someone kindly, I, I, I would uh, kindly ask someone to come to my side and lead me across the courtroom so that I can take Mr. Van der, Van der Broek in my arms and embrace him and let him know that he is truly forgiven. As the court assistants came, uh, come over to lead her across the room, Mr. Van der Broek, overwhelmed by what he has just heard, faints, passes out. Her love, the power of her love, the demonstration of her love, he can't believe this. Purifying his act against her and her family makes him pass out. He passes out. Says as he does, those in the courtroom, the family, friends, neighbors, all victims of decades of oppression and injustice begin to sing softly, but assuredly, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I want to be transformed by my relationship with Jesus, by my relationship with God. The demonstration Jesus is for us. He's our big brother. I want to be transformed to be able to have that kind of love. That no matter what you do to me, I can say forgive them, Father. And no matter what you do to my family, I can demonstrate the soul of that who you might have hurt my family or me and be the expression of love towards you or anyone else. I promise you, that is one of my demonstrations. That's my commitment to God, is to be that total transformation in my heart of an expression of love so deep that like John, I'm transformed in knowing that not only is Jesus, who is the demonstration of God, my best friend, but God is my best friend. Beyond that expression of what I see through Jesus, I take my own commitment to be my own expression of that, that I can write my own gospel of my own interpretation of what Jesus means to me. That's what I want to be. That's what I want to demonstrate. I want to be so transformed that I can write my own expression and I can be full in my commitment to it no matter what anybody says, even if my life is on the line. To say, I love you no matter what. I forgive you no matter what. There's nothing you can do against me to make me hate you. That hate in his heart when he said, call down that fire on this city. Now, he has read that in Elijah. Elijah did it. Transformed him into being a best friend of Jesus. Just think of who Jesus was and still is. Would he have been a best friend to someone filled with hate? Like for real. That's what I want to be. That I can truly say, not only I am a friend of Jesus, but there's a song, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. That's what I want to be. And I want to be that demonstration no matter what. That's why I'm doing things in this church like critical conversations. 
That's why I'm suggesting that you meet and talk to people who don't look like you. That's why I'm demonstrating it myself by doing the same thing. Because I truly believe that unless I'm doing it, I can't ask y'all to do it. Jesus did it and still does it in spirit in our lives today. I'm asking you to join me in being a friend of God. I'm asking you to look at Jesus' life or anybody else who you know that demonstrates fully the expression of love and let them provoke you, ignite you, be a catalyst to you stepping into your expression of love. Like for real, for real. And I promise you, for me, the greatest expressions where I've had to step into that has been with family members sometimes. And I've already told you guys about my daughter. But I'm committed to going deeper with that. I was okay with, okay, I forgive her, and I'll just see her every once in a while. You know, she's a lot of energy. I don't care anymore about that energy. I want a full friendship relationship with my baby. I have it with my son, but he's easier. Find someone who's difficult. Create a friendship with them. Now, don't let them run over you. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there may be someone in your life who needs a friend, and you can tell by the way they're acting because hurting people hurt people. Find someone and be their friend. Step past how they're acting. Love them fully. And if you have difficulty, remember that woman who said, I want him to be my son so I can pour the love that was for my husband and my son, my family, into that person. I promise you, if you walk in the Spirit of God, God will transmute and transform and purify any hardening around your heart. You will be a full expression that not only will you write a gospel, your life will be letters, epistles. Your life will be a revelation to everybody who comes in your presence. Amen? Put your hand over your heart. Gently close your eyes with me. Take a deep breath. Centering your heart right now. Bring someone in your mind who you may have difficulty loving and say, I love you with the love of God. Together, I love you with the love of God. I forgive you with the forgiveness of God. Together, I forgive you with the forgiveness of God. And now hold yourself in your heart. See yourself as if you're looking in a mirror. And say, I love you with the love of God. Together, I love you with the love of God. Say, I forgive you with the forgiveness of God. Together, I forgive you with the forgiveness of God. Now let's hold the United States and any other country that is not demonstrating full love. Let's hold them in our hearts. And say, I love you with the love of God. Together, I love you with the love of God. I forgive you with the forgiveness of God. Together, I forgive you with the forgiveness of God. I am the expression of love. Together, I am the expression of God. You are the expression of God. Together, you are the expression of God. Now, the Christ in us has now spoken forth to the Christ in the souls and the hearts of our country and those who do not see in love 
where there's discrimination, where there's inequality, and where there's injustice. We are holding a vibration of love no matter what. And we thank you, God, for the ability to do so. We thank you, God, for the example in Jesus. We thank you, God, for the example in his disciples. And God, we become Jesus' disciples, the disciples and expressions of God as well. Thank you, God. Let's say that together. Thank you, God. One more time. Thank you, God. One more time. Thank you, God. And so it is, God. We let it be. Amen. Thank you.
that song, when I first heard that song, it, and every time I hear it, I heard them practicing, you know, that's the only way you can be that love is if you believe what God says about you. And I'm so glad you sang that song. You sang it so beautifully. You all did. <laughs> so everything that she said in that song, everything they sang in that song, let's hold that in our hearts because that's what makes you the powerful, prosperous, abundant, beautiful expression of love in every way that you're here to demonstrate that. In every way you're here to demonstrate that. And we're going into a way of demonstrating it through a love offering blessing, through your love offering. So let's gently close our eyes and take a deep breath again. <sighs> Exhale into the vibration of prosperity, love, abundance, and tithing that you are, tithing of your heart, mind, soul, and strength through every way you feel led. Let it come to your mind what you feel give, uh, led to give as a love offering for today's, today's service. And let's go ahead and affirm. And when you affirm this love offering blessing, there's a part that says, I am. Blessed is all that I am. That's the beginning of it. Let's hold that peace because that's what God says about you, that that I am in you, that is Christ in you, blesses you. Together, divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up to do our prayer for protection. We're doing it with the oneness in our heart. Love also means oneness. It's the connection that we all are, not just with God, but with each other. That greatest part of you that's love is the essence of God in you. So let's say this prayer, this prayer for protection, knowing that we're saying it for everyone in the universe, that we're here, that came, that are here now, and that will come. Together, the light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. 
If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.